Welcome to Island Baptist Church. Bill's lesson today is in Matthew, chapters 2 and 9, titled, Wise Guys and Gals for the 2023 New Year. Amen. Good morning. How's the year been for you so far? Got to ask cheesy questions like that, I know. We're going to finish up our holiday season series, uh, Christmas and the things that go around that time by considering today the story of uh, the wise guys, uh, the wise men. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 2, uh, the first 12 verses. Uh, the wise men, who, who were they? Uh, what did they do? Come on. What place do you really know who they are? Uh, and more importantly, how can we learn following their example, live a wise life in 2023. Would you rather end 2023 by being dumb? Or I shouldn't say dumb. You can, dumb is a different, is a, by being unwise or wise. Here you are, you're starting, starting a whole year. So if you could make a choice, and I believe you can, uh, if you follow through with it, if you can make a choice to be wise or unwise, which do you choose? Well, I would submit to you that if we follow what these guys did, you will, if you will, if we will, then we will have a wise and prosperous year. It would quite be fitting to follow these guys in their journey uh, to, to find Christ in the same way for us to follow them to show ourselves wise. So, so first, a couple of things about them. We're going to read the text in just a minute. But uh, they're not, never called wise in your scriptures. You know that, right? Now you didn't. Uh, the actual the word is the word magi, uh, both the Greek and some, I think some of your translations may call them wise men, but it's just because traditionally we have called them this. Why do we call them wise? What is it about them? They have very few words. In fact, the only words that they say is, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? And that's the only, only line they get in the whole Christmas pageant. What, what is it that makes them wise? Well, first of all, we need to back up for just a second and understand who they are and unravel some of the things that we think that they are. We've, we've committed some... Uh, part, part, of the, part of the great thing about Christmas is that it's, so, uh, it's become so magical and wonderful for us. Part of the bad thing about Christmas is that it's so magical and wonderful for us. We've romanticized a lot of it. Uh, you know, we have Jesus laying in a wooden manger in a nice little stable. We try to throw some of those things out. Uh, the shepherds and what they were, all these stories that, that we, have, we have romanticized and, and turned into things that necessarily they aren't, and not the least of which, of course, is the, is the story of the Magi. Uh, not called wise men. Uh, they were, uh, at the time, the Magi were among the ruling class in a country, country called Parthia, originally Persia, today Iran. Uh, they were the ruling class in that they were the kingmakers. Uh, their job wasn't just to study the stars. They did that, of course, and that's what they're famous for. But actually, they were better known in their country as the kingmakers. When a time, time came to make the king, they were the elders that were consulted to decide. The king has 30 sons. Let's say, for instance, which one do we pick? He's passed away. Who, who gets to become king? Who gets to become queen? Uh, they were the kingmakers. They were the power brokers. Another thing you need to know about them and the country that they served, which is Parthia, is that they were at war with Rome. So Rome ruled all of Europe, uh, North Africa, the Middle East, all the way up into England, uh, including Israel, and the Parthians were at war with the Romans. So 
so can you can you imagine or can you see how it wouldn't couldn't have been three little guys on the backs of camels from a ruling class nation that's at war with Rome and they're just going to show up on property that's owned by the enemy's land by themselves if I told you that our president, and maybe, maybe I don't know what your opinion is of our president and vice president, but if our president and vice president, we found out today, got hopped to uh, commercial airlines and flew to Moscow because they wanted to eat McDonald's in Moscow Square, would that shock you all by themselves? They just, went, they just wanted a little jaunt, you know, and there's no secret service and there's no military entourage. And, you know, we're not exactly friendly with the Russians. I don't know if y'all have noticed lately. Of course they wouldn't do that. That would be suicidal. So I would submit to you, though, it would have been suicidal had these guys shown up, just three little guys riding on the back of camels. That, that is a picture that you've gotten off Hallmark greeting cards and not from the Bible. And there's not a camel mentioned anywhere, if we're going to see in the text. Almost certainly they did not ride camels. Anybody ridden a camel before? If you've been to Israel with us, you can tell me why they wouldn't ride camels across the wilderness. Not when you've got options. I mean, if that's all you've got, I understand that. But they're ruling class. So better to have you ridden a horse compared to a camel. Horses are a lot nicer. They're a lot faster, too. And so this would have, number one, would have been uh, probably not on camels. Number two, would have been a large entourage. Because if I'm of the ruling class and I'm going to enemy territory, it's, it's effectively an invasion. I'm going armed. We're going armed to the teeth. I'm gonna, it's risking my life to do this. And so I'm going to go there. And so several things just to point out to make clear sort of ruins our classic picture of these three kings. And by the way, the only reason why we say there's three is because they brought three things. Could have been ten. Could have been more likely a hundred as opposed to just three. Could have been only two. It just says it was plural. It was magi, plural. It was more than one. Could have been, I don't know, a couple thousand of them. We really don't know. But consider the things that I'm telling you about their actual history as we read the text in just a second. But first of all, it throws out several things. Nowhere does it say well, there were three, th three kings. And, and also, when a ruling class of an enemy country comes into your territory, they're there by themselves? Of course they're not by themselves. They're there uh, packing, if you will. They're, lo they're loaded to the gills because anything could happen, and they're risking their lives, and, and they're not risking uh, any kind of truce because there was no truce between the Romans and the, and the Parthians. But, but hardly anything like the picture that we have, like I said, of our Hallmark theology. Let's consider what it has to say here in Matthew, as with that in under historical understanding. Let's read their story again, maybe with fresher eyes. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem. Now, they didn't fly southwest. It would have taken 10, 10 weeks to get there. <laughs> I'm hard on southwest. No southwest employees here, right? Okay. They, they're riding on animals from Iran to Israel, to Jerusalem in particular. You're, you're talking about months, possibly years to get there. Not an easy route. You've got to go through several countries, not to mention crossing a border into enemy, enemy territory. It wasn't overnight. So, so the picture, again, not try, I'm just not, not trying to just shake stuff up for the sake of shaking stuff up. But the picture, of course, of our manger scene with, the, with the Mary and Joseph, the, the shepherd and the, and the animals, and the wise men, 
They didn't wait for a whole year for the wise men to show up. Like, maybe, I don't know, they're not here yet. We've got to stay in the manger. We're going to mess up everybody's manger thing they bought in Israel, you know, on the trip. Uh, no, notice, notice very carefully here. When they arrived in Judah, behold, the Magi of the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that's been born king of the Jews? Where do they go to find that answer? Watch. For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. And when Herod, Herod the king, why is he involved? Because they went to his palace. So if I'm, I'm a ruling class coming to find a king, where do you find kings? Ah, that's why they're at Herod's house. That's why they're not in Bethlehem or anywhere else in Jerusalem. They went to the place, well, where are kings? Well, where's the tallest building? Where's the, I don't know, the trumpets and the, 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 the guards and all that, the drawbridge and the moat and all that. That's where they are. So that's where they go. They go straight to the head guy. And watch what happens. You're going to get an indication of the kind of clout and power brokers that they are about Herod's reaction. Herod's a big guy. He, he buys his position from uh, the emperor of Rome. He, he's a power broker himself of the enemy uh, territory. Uh, and so when they come to Herod, notice Herod the king heard it, and he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. I mean, Herod was unflappable, unshakable. If you got on his nerves, he just killed you, whether you were his wife or his children. or you, He built all kinds of things. He, he was just a man of power and control, and for them to, to make him flap, if you will, tells you the kind of class and power these guys had. Gathering together all the chief priests, Herod's, whew, he stirred up the scribes of the people, and began to inquire of them where the Christ was to be born. These guys are asking questions that I can't answer. You guys can get down here right now. I don't know what's going on. Clearly, he doesn't run them out of town, notice, because apparently they're packing more than he is. So whatever level of armor and military that are in Jerusalem at the time, I would suggest to you the Parthians show up with more. Like, they're not messing around. So he doesn't kick them out because he can't. And they said to him in Bethlehem, and then notice the direct question, they don't have to consult the scriptures. Where's Jesus going to be born? Bethlehem of Judea. For it has been written by the prophets. They, they know stuff. So remember, it's one thing to be smart. It's another thing to be wise. Notice carefully, even though they know where Jesus is going to be born, they've seen the star, that their schedules do not change. Sad. Don't let you thinking that you're smart make you think that you're wise or that you're somehow, because of what you know, are proved by God. Please don't let that happen to you. These guys thought that way. And you, Beth they quote from Micah, You, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will be shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and ascertained from them the time of the star appeared. Now, based upon the time he ascertains here is how far he goes in killing the children. So that's why we know they possibly two years ago that they've left or at least they saw the star and they've headed, headed at least in their minds and hearts and maybe physically in that direction because Herod kills every baby in Bethlehem and the region, every baby boy, under two and under, based upon this date because he's a bad guy. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make careful search for the child, and when you have found him, report him to me, and then I too will come and worship him. Of course, that wasn't his, in his heart at all. Having heard the king, they went their way, and lo, the star which had been in the east went on before them until it came and stood over where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. End of a long journey. 
And they came into the house, notice not stable, not tent, not bivouac outside, because why? We're talking about a year later. They're not hanging out in the, I don't know, the stable. Uh, by the way, you notice something else here. Notice they find the child and his mother Mary, not Joseph. Why? He's out working. He's got him a house. they got to live there. He's trying to make ends meet. He's started his business there. Uh, they've been hanging out there for a year, maybe more, and then the wise men show up. That's why, like I said, the picture you have here is not really an accurate picture. But it, it is, I know it's bunched together with the, with, the, with the Christmas story, but actually you're talking about a year and a half, maybe two years later. And they fell down and worshipped him and opened their treasures, and they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and birds, for those three things that we say that there were three, and that's the only reason. Having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their own country uh, by another way. So, so really what classifies these guys as wise? How, how can we say that they're wise? What did they do that was wise? So let me just say this for all the, the smart aleck women here, in the defense of every male, it wasn't because they pulled over and asked for directions. Because <laughs> if you'll read the scriptures, ladies, carefully, it wasn't until after a year of being lost that they pulled over. So according to the Bible, we can stay lost for a whole year without having to pull over to any service station and ask for any directions. So you have it on the authority of the Word of God. <laughs> That's the book of second opinions under pig-headedness, in case you want to know the reference number for that. So it actually brings up something interesting, I think very instructive for us. Uh, these guys had a very treacherous journey, covered hundreds of miles, maybe more than a thousand miles, depending on where they were, have, have set aside their lives for, for a year or over just to get to this place, and they don't even know where he is. They don't even know his name. But they didn't need to know that in order to follow God. And it's interesting, and, and that is, in fact, if you want to know what makes them wise, that. No more information than a star, and you risk life and limb. You put aside your family and your business and everything else that you do. You leave behind the possibility that you never return back to your land. I mean, they're going to enemy territory. They're going to be taken captive. It's been a smart thing for the Romans to do that if they could. They do all that, not even knowing where he is, not even knowing his name. Yep, and that is what made them wise. What can we learn from these guys? Several things. I'm going to give you seven things that will, we can draw from their story and place into our story so that our 2023 can be as wise as theirs. Point number one, when God gives you a sign, follow him. Amen. Just knowing stuff doesn't do anything for you. Again, back to the, if you remember several weeks back, we talked about Joseph. Joseph was a man of action. He has no speaking parts in the whole Christmas pageant. He doesn't say a thing, he just does a lot of stuff. As soon as the angel speaks to him, he goes and takes Mary to his wife. As soon as the angel speaks to him, he takes Mary and the baby, they go down to Egypt. As soon as the angel speaks to him, he goes back into Israel. As soon as the angel speaks to him, he goes back to Nazareth. Boom, boom, boom. He just is a man of action. Why? Because that's what wise people do. Foolish people talk about stuff that they know, but they don't do. Those, ladies and gentlemen, if that is you, you are a fool. It, I'm sorry, the Bible gives this definition. And you remember, uh, what was it, Forrest Gump? Stupid is as stupid does. Wisdom is as wisdom does. Don't tell me about what you know. Don't tell God the stuff that you know. 
demonstrated in your lives. Why were these guys wise? Because of the stuff that they did. When God gave them a sign, they followed him. Don't wait until you've gotten it all figured out. They didn't have it all figured out. They were not smart about the conditions of Christ, his name, where he was, but they were wise. And when they got a sign, they did it. What, what do you, what does it take for you to follow him? What does it take? What, what, what kind of what kind of thing? Do you, do you suppose, you know, sometimes it's, it's like God has spoken to me or God's moved in my life, and, but, but God, God hasn't moved recently. And so I need God to move, and, and until God does something, I'm going to just keep on doing, you know, dumb stuff. Do you think every night they traveled was a clear night? So, so they see the star in the east. It doesn't say anything about them seeing the star again until they get to Jerusalem. Months, weeks for sure on the back of some animal, or walking, without any other sign. Asked by your servant, so, so where are we going? Well, I mean, we're going to Israel. So what's his name? We don't know. Well, they looked, well, they looked dumb, didn't they? Well, they were actually very wise. No more information than that. And they follow. When God gives you a sign, follow it. Don't wait for more confirmation. When God has spoken to you, God has touched your life, do that thing. Do it. Don't wait and expect, uh, you know, it's, every day will not be clear. So when God speaks to you, write it down and follow it. Number two, expect him to speak, God, to speak and lead you at any time. What were these guys doing when this happened? Same thing they've been doing for a long time. Let's say they're 40, 50 years old. What have they been doing? They were ruling class. They observed the stars. They did that every day. What do you do? Most days. Most days. How, how long do you spend in church? We can make it longer. You can get up and leave. The exits are here and in the back. You, what, two hours in church? Three hours in church in a week? So, 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 and I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm a church guy, I'm all about church, and I'm, I think church is a great place, and it's a place we need to be committed to, and I believe God works and moves through church, but he, God, you're going to limit God to speak to you for three hours in a, in a week? Really? Now, these guys didn't have church, and no church involved in anything, church wasn't even invented yet, and yet God spoke to them, why? Because you should expect God to speak to you in the normal comings and goings of life. Most of the time when God moved in the lives of people in the scriptures, it was not in some worship service or in the temple. I'm not saying there's not exceptions to that. But in most cases, in most cases, it was not that. Example, so the wise men. Moses, what had Moses been doing for 40 years in the wilderness when God came to him in a burning bush? Yeah, running sheep. Every day, the same thing in the same place. One day, that all changed. In the middle of what he did, Gideon was threshing wheat because that's what he did. In normal comings and goings, you were waiting till Sunday for God to do something. And yeah, we should expect God, but you should also expect God any other day. We have our sacred days and our unsacred days. God doesn't think like that. They're all sacred to him. You're not just a child on Sunday. You're a child on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday in the middle of the night. When you're traveling somewhere... When you're doing other stuff, when you're not really totally focused on him, he's still your God. It's still sacred to him. Peter's mending nets. Why? Because that's what he did. Matthew's collecting taxes because that's what he did. And in the middle of those things, God spoke. And God spoke to none of these people in church. Because if you're waiting for only church, for God to move in your life, you're missing the other 
99.9% of your life that God wants to be involved in. Expect God to speak in normal comings and goings. Number three, what we can learn from the Magi so that we can be wise in 2023. Expect God to lead you through practically anything. If God can speak through a star, He can speak through anything. Any avenue. You should expect Him. Not only should you expect Him any day, you should expect Him through anything. Absolutely anything. Through a book. Here's, here's examples of the ways God has spoken to me. Through a book, other than the Bible. I'm not, I'm not saying you should put anything above the Bible, but I was just reading a book and God spoke to me through it. Hey, Listen, conversations I'm having with people, they don't even know they're saying stuff that's speaking to my heart about things that God is doing. How did he do that? Well, because he's God. Of course, a sermon. The sermons are the best, right? <laughs> Television show, uh, a chance comment, a song. I was uh, in college, uh, 20, 21 years old, and I had dedicated my life to serve the Lord with all my heart and soul and uh, just loved him. I had quit dating because women were distracting to me, and they were. I couldn't serve God and chase women at the same time, so I quit the women. <laughs> and uh, lo and behold, this little girl starts popping up in my life, and man, she looked good, and I liked her, and I was rebelling, I guess, in my heart against the things that God had, that I had committed to God. Her name was Valerie, by the way, <laughs> and uh, you know how it ended. But here's how it started. So I was wrestling with this whole, I mean, it, it's, I need to know if it's from God, whether he's moving. And about the time I'm praying that prayer, driving down the road, going to campus at Texas A&M, a song, if you were around in the early 80s, a guy by the name of Steve Winwood sang a song called Valerie. <laughs> Comes on the radio. And, and of course, not just based on that, but that was the final straw. And I called her on the phone and said, hey, would you like to go on a date? 33 years later, here we are. God can speak through anything. You may pray and fast and, and seek and, and nothing happens because he's not ready for things to happen. And that's okay, because he's God. But, but when he's ready, he speaks. What have the shepherds been doing the previous, I don't know, thousand nights of their lives? Same thing they'd always been doing. Out here watching the sheep, dozing off occasionally, and all of a sudden, whammo, one night, angels appear in the sky. Speaking Hebrew, nonetheless. God can speak through angels in Hebrew if he needs to. He can speak through, to wise men through astronomy. He can speak the language of human existence because he knows us. Expect him to. In any circumstance, through anything, under, in, in any time, God can do it. And then a fourth thing. Find your way by consulting Scripture. So, so they got close. If you've been with us to Israel, you know Jerusalem's about seven miles as the crow flies from Bethlehem. But there's thousands upon thousands of people. You're going to find two a little humble couple with a little baby in the midst of all that, not going to be able to do it. So they could follow the star that far, but nothing else would get them there. They had to pull over, guys and gals, where do we ask directions? The Scriptures. They could not get to their final destination without consulting the Word of God. Tell me your plan in 2023 for consulting the Word of God. What, what is it? You surely have a plan. You don't have a plan to be in the Word of God, yet expect 2023 to be wise and prosperous for you? Uh, hmm. You will not find your way without consulting Scripture. Number five, which is a give me, but it's, it has to say it. Don't let anything stop you. Don't let anything stop you. Once you know what God has for you, don't stop. 
Don't let any day, don't let any cloudy day or any other thing stop you. Think of the obstacles these guys crossed. They overcame hundreds of miles on camels or whatever animals they rode. Uh, crossed cultural barriers, language barriers, religious barriers, uh, hostile kings, uh, different relig- indifferent religious leaders. They had to put up with all this in order to make it their final destination. These guys wouldn't quit. They wouldn't quit. They are wise, not because of what they knew, because of what they did with what they knew. And then a sixth thing, and this is, this is not the biggest. I don't know that any of them are bigger than the other one. This is a biggie, though, for sure. 2023, if you want to be wise, get it in your head. You're not the leader. You're the follower. If any man come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. So you got plans for 2023? I would suggest you to throw them out. Yeah. Because you don't have plans. God has plans, and your job is to get, he's got a page, and you need to get on it. We've worked the philosophy of, I've got a page, and God needs to get on it. That's not how it works. How it works is, is God's the leader, and you're the follower, and I'm telling you, if you don't, you can welcome to run anywhere you want to. I'm just saying you're not welcome to have it work out very well. Because it won't. God's the leader. You're the follower. Their trip was, no doubt, think about it, not what they expected. So they go to Jerusalem because that's the city of the great king. And they go to the first palace they spot. And because why? That's where he should be. And is that where he was? No. He's in a little deserted town, seven miles as a crow flies away, and born to a humble little couple. He looked like a poverty-stricken little Jewish baby because that's what he was. Not what they expected. But you know what? It was okay. They had to make adjustments all the way. And that's what life following God is, making adjustments. Because here's, here's what I found out about myself. It's impossible for God to move in my heart and me not to automatically start shaping how that's going to work out. It's going to look like this. It's going to go like this. It's going to end like this. It's going to work out like this. It's just the way we are. We start making designs and plans and stuff like that. Listen, the God who led you is the guy, God who ultimately is the leader in this. And so I'm not saying you can't help yourself making plans, but keep them real close to the trash because you're probably going to have to trash them. Again, you don't have to do this, but your option is if you don't do that, you're not going to be wise because if God's going to have to do it the way you want him to do it, then now this year is going to be just like this past year for you because you're trying to be the leader. But you're not nothing but a follower. You don't have... If in, in, the, in the universe of, of spiritual things, you don't have leadership skills. Only God does. Follow him. The entire Christmas scenario is about not getting what you expect, but getting what's best, right? So you think Mary woke up one day and said, you know what it would be like to be conceived by the Holy Spirit? Or Joseph, I wonder how it would feel to find out that your espoused is pregnant without you. Or, or, or uh, uh, you know, what it would be like to give birth in a stable, Hmm, not at all what they thought. And, and the greatest, and we're going to be remembering that in just a minute, how many of them were sitting around thinking, I wonder when he's going to die? Because that's what we really need. We need his body broken and we need his blood shed because ultimately that's all that matters. A baby in a crib can't save you. A, a miracle worker on the sides of the shore of Sea of Galilee, walking across the water, raising the dead. That, that miracle worker cannot save you until he dies. 
and resurrects to prove he's the Savior. Who, who was sitting around saying, I can't wait till he dies? Not Mary and Joseph. But was it best? Yes, it was. See, the, the whole story is about stuff that, yeah, it doesn't go the way you expect, but it goes the way that is best. And that's what it means to be a follower. That's what it means. And then a final thing, a seventh thing. To be wise in 2023, we've got to learn that the events that, surrounding, from, that we learn from the events surrounding the wise men is that once you've beheld Jesus, you cannot remain neutral. See, as soon as, as soon as the wise men show up and everybody knows that there is this king, everybody takes sides. Herod, what was his side? He used all the signs. He knew the star. He knew the date. He knew the scriptures to plot an assassination. People do that. Most of the nation did that. The, 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 already pointed out, the chief priests and the scribes, not only did they have a star, but they could quote the word of God. Again, it's not about what you know. Quit, quit patting yourself on the back because you know stuff. Okay, that's just an indictment. Better for you not to know stuff than to have known stuff and not done stuff. Does that make sense? But to know less stuff, but to do the stuff that you already know, well, that actually is wisdom. To know stuff and not do it, you're a fool. I can't find a benefit in that. I can't find a benefit. These guys were total fools. So, so they see everything hear everything, can even quote the scriptures, and yet they don't change their schedules to travel seven miles. Wow. And of course, ultimately, the, what are we pointing at? We're pointing at the wise men who to this point have needed nothing but a celestial disturbance to know that God was speaking to them and to follow it. Wow. Sometimes it's, it seems like the seemingly, uh, the ones that are furthest away from us, right, are the ones that hear God the best. The ones that are the furthest away, it seems, they, they can hear and follow God. So, so these non-Jews who, who received a, a, a tradition from Daniel, as best we can tell, how did they even know that there was a star and, and that there was going to be a Messiah? And they get that from the Old Testament. But how do they do that when they didn't have an Old Testament, probably? And where did that come from? Well, it came from Daniel. That was 500 years before this. They, they've been knowing stuff for 500 years, but unable to act on it. And now, finally, when they get a chance to act... They don't let a day pass. They move. They go. They're waiting. You tell me you want to honor God, you want to honor Him with your life, so what is He telling you to do? Are you doing all those things? Are you doing them? Not, not good to know stuff and not do stuff. Not good at all. God, God is speaking loud enough for the, for the willing ear to hear. A star, a clear instruction from Him, it doesn't matter. He always speaks loud enough for us to hear, but it will never be enough for an unwilling ear. It'll never be enough. You could take the ark, ark and trail it down Pottery Boulevard. You could, Jesus could walk across the Gulf of Mexico. Unwilling, you won't listen. But a willing heart that says, God, I want to know you. And I want to live a successful, uh, wise life according to your will. A heart that really wants that, listen, you're going to hear from God. In fact, you'll be amazed how you'll hear from Him. I'm going to ask if you would bow your heads. And close your eyes with me as we think about what God has said to us today. So you, you've got a new year starting here. I think every year is a new year, honestly. But there's a new shot. The world sees it that way. What's it going to be for you? It's going to be a wise year. You're going to quit calling yourself smart and start showing yourself wise. What kind of change would that make for you? How different would it be? 
to, to live a, a year with a much less regrets when you get to the end of it because you became a follower instead of trying to lead God down a road that you've decided you're going to take. God, we want you to be honored in this place. We thank you for these wise men, magi, who showed themselves wise with very little information, hardly any direction other than a star. And yet they come from a far place risking life and limb, but because they were really seeking you, they found you. And that's the way it is for us. If we're really seeking you, we'll find you. You make yourself known. You always speak willingly, loud enough to the, for the willing heart. God, I pray that our hearts will be tender to you today, willing before you today. Thank you so much for these men and for what they did. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for visiting. Find us at www.islandbaptistchurch.org.